0: Shepherd has been serving the children of Indianapolis and helping families for 34 years. We work to break the cycle of poverty on the near east side of Indianapolis because we love the children in our neighborhood. We are privileged to watch our neighbors grow physically, emotionally, spiritually, and academically through the relationships we build every day. partnered with Shepherd by donating $34 to celebrate 34 years visit shepherdcommunity.org/blf to join us. And now the show that bridges the gap between faith and business. Welcome to Bottom Line Faith.
1: Well, hello everyone. This is Ray Hilbert. I am your host here at Bottom Line Faith, where we love to talk about eternal business and real life, that intersection of our faith in business and leadership. And uh, I, I learned of today's guest, we're going to be talking with Tatanya Jordan, who is the CMO and Chief Parent Officer of BARC. And that's an internet safety solution company. We're going to learn all about this. But I saw Titania uh, about a year ago or so on, I believe, Fox News, their Fox and Friends morning show. I was so taken by what God has called her to do, how she is uniquely gifted, called, and qualified to help parents, to help uh, teachers, and frankly, uh, just our community really bridge this gap around social media, technology, the dangers, and the benefits. And most importantly, Titania is a woman of faith, and her faith drives all that she's doing. So Titania, welcome to Bottom Line Faith.
0: Hey, thanks so much for having me. It really is uh, such an honor to be here and and be able to do the work that I do.
1: Yes, and so walk us through what you're doing at Bark, what it's designed to accomplish, and what we need to know about your work.
0: Sure, yeah. So it's, it's no secret that children are more connected now than ever, and they're becoming uh, more digitally connected at a younger and younger age. Um, In fact, Common Sense Media just released their study of children and media, and the rate at which children are getting smartphones, even from five years ago, has jumped a considerable amount. And so what Bark does is that we keep children safer online and in real life. And the way we do that is by using artificial intelligence Uh, Basically, we're just using technology to connect to over 25 social media platforms, email accounts, and text messages. And then once we have connected to those accounts and devices, we then analyze for dangers. So our technology is looking for things like cyberbullying, sexting and sexual content, thoughts of suicide and depression, potential drug use, online predators, and acts of violence. And when our algorithm detects these dangers will then send an alert via text or email to the parent, not only telling them what happened and where, whether it was Instagram or Snapchat or text, but we'll also give them best recommended next steps for how to address it. Because our generation of parents is the first generation that has ever had to deal with parenting in this type of tech world. And so we need help.
1: We absolutely do. And and I got to tell you, I'm very honored that you'd be a part of uh, our program here at Bottom Line Faith, because you've really uh, you, you've you become a pioneer in this space. You've really become very well known. You've been uh, you're a regular expert uh, on programs such as uh, The Today Show, Steve Harvey, CBS This Morning, Good Morning America, Fox News, Sirius XM Radio, on and on and on. What would you attribute this um? great interest. You know, you're you're on these programs and people want to know what you're doing. Why is this so important for us to understand what's happening here?
0: There's two layers to that question in my mind. One is the very obvious one of, um, children are, are accessing the family iPad before they can even walk. Uh, children are getting smartphones at seven and eight. Uh, suicide is now the second leading cause of death in children 10 to 18. There are multiple epidemics uh, happening right now with our children, with our most vulnerable population. And so it's a topic that is in the news every single day. So there's that that top very obvious layer of why is all this happening. The the bottom layer, more specific to why I am on all of these outlets, um, I believe goes to the the faith-based aspect that you alluded to in that um, I did not go to school to learn how to code. I am not a programmer. Um, I did not get a degree in computer science. I did not get a degree in public speaking or journalism, but for some reason I feel that God um, has given me a a gift of communication um, and understanding both of this tech landscape and of of parenting to where um, he has opened doors for me that I didn't even know were there. I only saw walls. I did not see that I would ever be able to be doing this in any way, shape or form. But with him, all things are possible. And he has made this possible uh, for me. And I'm I'm just very grateful.
1: Well, how did you get here? Give us a little bit of the background of the journey of kind of how you got to this point, um, what you learned along the way, maybe previous stops in your career and kind of how Bark itself came about.
0: So So I'll start with the last part of that question because it's the easiest to answer. Um, Our CEO, Brian Basin, had actually sold his last company to Twitter uh, was working at Twitter um, and looked at the landscape uh, and he has two boys and given his background at the intersection of social media and technology realized there was no good way for him to keep his own two boys safer online, given what existed out there. So he took a leap of faith and left Twitter to start Bark. Um, so that's, that's the why behind Bark. Now, how I got to where I am is a much longer meandering path that I will try to, to summarize succinctly. Um, I started my career in traditional media Um at a local radio station here in Atlanta. So, you know, top 10 market, big, big market, um, learning the nuances of communication and copywriting, which is, you know, writing commercials, writing the the ads, um, marketing, how that went along with communication. And, you know, at that time, um, in the early 2000s, you know, the internet was blowing up and, also becoming a vehicle for internet marketing and media marketing. Um, Around that time, things like Pandora were sprouting up and MySpace was coming up and Facebook moved from a platform that only college students to use that 20-somethings like me at the time could use. So there was this whole new world of communication that was blowing up. And so... I'm, I'm thankful to have been in the professional world at the time where both traditional and digital media were crossing over in really, really new and innovative ways. So I had a unique insight into that. Um, around that time, uh, I decided that I wanted to to try to start a family, um, and so was was blessed to to be able to have my son Jackson. Um, and at that same time, the economy tanked, <laughs> like. <laughs> uh-huh. And so being a commissioned, a hundred percent commission salesperson at a radio station, uh, when you're the youngest account executive on the team is not a great place to be in because I didn't have the yeah. big accounts like Home Depot and, you know, Warner Brothers. I had the local, you know, sandwich shop that didn't have the budget. So um, combine yeah. that with my uh, postpartum depression that about 10% of the population will experience, um, as, as childbearing women, uh, which I didn't realize at the time, it was just, it was just too much. I could not go back into that space. I had to, I just had to be with my son. I had just given birth to this baby. And I just had to focus on keeping it alive, much less thinking about getting dressed for work to go close deals. It wasn't in my realm of possibility. So, um, Given that specific time in my life, I turned to the internet. I turned to Facebook to learn how to, how to breastfeed and, and what, what problems I'm having and how to get my kid to sleep through the night. And how do I deal with these feelings of anxiety and depression that, that I'm going through? And is this normal? And what do I do? And there's all these things mm-hmm. that I, I had, thankfully, the internet and mom groups and Facebook groups and forums and blogs of other women who are brave enough and candid enough to share their stories. Um, and so I saw all of this happening. And I mentioned breastfeeding, which I promise has something to do with my career. Uh, I was having trouble. And so I reached out to a lactation consultant who was like in her sixties and uh, she helped me figure out how to feed my son in that way. And I wrote her a note to thank her. I just thank you so much for helping me get through this rough time. How can I ever repay you? If there's a way, let me know. And she actually wrote back and she said, "Um, well, actually you can help me. What do you know about Facebook? And I was like, Oh my gosh! What do I know about Facebook? (laughs) Like, let me let me help you out there. She was like, I need to be able to reach moms on Facebook, and so I helped her do that from home. I helped her grow her her Facebook page to a group about of about eight thousand moms, and her brand took off and it went really really well. Um, And so I saw an opportunity to be able to basically create my own social media marketing agency four brands that wanted to speak to the millennial mom. Um, From there, this is where I can really fast forward. It snowballed, snowballed, Mm -hmm. uh, one of my clients, because I grew to have a team of clients and a a team of other uh, moms that could work for me from home. Um, One of my clients asked me to come aboard and be their full-time CMO. Um, And that was an amazing opportunity because it was right here in Atlanta. I didn't think that I could have a tech career atlanta i thought i had to be in san francisco or report hmm. um this was a, a company in atlanta i also didn't think i could be the cmo of a, a tech company without having a you know cs degree but again with god all things are possible it became possible and then from there you know it just opportunities kept kept coming about yeah
1: first of all thank you for the transparency of sharing that and and uh, as you said even when the ladies on those platforms would be brave and daring and courageous and share their stories with authenticity. That's where real growth, that's where real community develops. So thank you for that. So in that, in that season of life, we'll get back to work and career and technology and everything, but this is just as much about your story as anything. How was it that God pulled you through that dark time? You know, you talked about um, the postpartum depression, you talked about finding meaning and purpose. How did your faith anchor you how did the Lord speak to you and pull you personally through that dark season?
0: Wow. Well, we're about to get really real here then, because um, as I was literally giving birth to Jackson, I um, had been in labor for 28 hours and I just I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. I I was not strong enough. Um and I, I, I just prayed. I was like, God, I, I, I don't know how millions of women before me, have found birth, but like, I, I, I don't think I can do this. So, like, I need you to get this baby out of me um, sooner than later, because uh, I'm freaking out here. Um, I don't feel like I can breathe. And so, as I was giving birth, I just started praising—not even praying, but praising over and over repetitively, just praise you. Thank you. Praise you. I just was thanking him because I had literally just given up and given God and it was just a a blur around me. Um, so that was one element of just surrender and giving up to, to his strength and his glory and grace. And then afterwards I was really short of breath. Um, and I didn't know that that was a problem. And then I was reading some literature in the hospital. Like if you're short of breath, you know, that's a big problem. And I was like, Oh, Oh, so um, long story short is I, uh, my heart uh, after having my son, uh, the, the muscle had been weakened wow. and that that's called postpartum cardiomyopathy. Um, sometimes it will kill the mother right away. Uh, other times it, makes the mother uh, have to be on a wait list for a heart transplant. Um, Other times it makes the mother have to live uh, with reduced heart function rest of her life, but it's manageable with medicine. And then in other cases, it gets better. So for the first 30 days of Jackson's life, I was short of breath, terrified, uh, sleep deprived, and worried that I was going to maybe die. And so I just spent every night you know, on my knees, just just praying for God to you know have mercy on me and heal me and help me to be on this planet for my child. Um, and so i i went uh, I went back to get the follow up. Um, what's it called? Echocardiogram to check my heart. And they said you're fine. They said you're fine. You are healed. You are fine. You don't need medicine. You don't mm-hmm. need a heart transplant you're okay. And come back in six months, we'll test you again. And so that six month span was also a time of fear and prayer and fear and prayer. And I went back again, fine, totally fine, totally healed. And I don't say that with, um, I don't know what the word is, but I know there are many, many times that people go through hardships and illness and they are not divinely healed. Um, I don't, I don't want to assume that that will happen just because you pray um, or because it's a matter of how strong or not strong your faith is. Right, right, Um, But for me, I attribute that to, to God. I'm, I'm eternally grateful to him for, for that gift that I get to be here with my son and I don't, you know, have to be in a a less compromised state of health.
1: Yeah.
0: um, Yeah. So that's, that's one element of it. And then, also, even during that time where I was at my most depressed and anxious and sleep deprived and hormones are crazy and you just, everything's all out of whack. It's truly just finding the beauty, even in the hard moments. I mean, I had a beautiful, healthy child and watching him grow and him laugh and the bonding and when it was warm enough to take him outside for walks, just nature, you know, the clouds, the flowers, everything I see, I really truly try to see beauty in everything everything even in you know the rainstorms and so um, clinging to to things of beauty and joy were were also helpful during that time.
1: That is so powerful and and, and I'm gonna add just a little bit of levity to the to our conversation because you've given me additional context. Because growing up, my mom would always say something to me like, Oh no, you're not gonna to talk to me that way after I gave you birth. <laughs> <And> so
0: <laughs> I'd say that. I'd say that to my friend <laughs>
1: So you've just given me even greater appreciation for my mom. I'm going to, as soon as we get into our conversation, I'm going to call her and tell her I love her all over again. Thank you <laughs> to Tanya. That's fantastic.
0: Oh I, I remember <laughs> looking at my mom and, and just being like, you did this twice.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Without drugs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what were
1: you thinking? Right.
0: <laughs> how did, how did women again, like I have so much respect for every single yeah. mother. Both biological and not biological, but the, specifically the biological ones that yeah. that did this yeah. for so many years without the medical, you know, interventions. I had is it's a thing. That's
1: that's so powerful. So. We'll get back to the technology conversation in just a moment. But as you've shared your story, thank you. And so let's say in our our audience, Titania is primarily uh, business owners, leaders, executives who are trying to live out their faith, right? So what word of encouragement would you have right now? Maybe there's a a businesswoman, an executive, an owner, what have you, who's listening to our conversation, and, and maybe she had a similar experience in childbirth or in the early days of parenting, or maybe she's wrestling right now with just balancing mm. this motherhood and business. And what word? just, just give her, give that woman right now a word of encouragement. What would you say to just lift her spirit and and give her courage?
0: Oh gosh. I would say you are doing a great job. Mm-hmm. You really are. Um, if your child knows that you love them. it's Okay. That's all that matters. I mean, my son doesn't see me a lot during the week. Um, Sometimes I don't get home until after dinner or sometimes until after he's already asleep in bed. But that child, you ask him if, if his mama loves him, he will say nothing but a resounding yes. So um, I know that there are, are moms that are working overtime, multiple jobs at once, single moms, especially, Oh my gosh, you are, you are doing a good job. I mean, my mom was a single mom growing up raising two children. It was very hard. There were there's a lot of stress, a lot of conflict, yeah. a lot of mistakes that she wishes she could go back and fix. But at the end of the day, when I look back on my childhood, I have a few things. One is mad respect for her. I know mm. that she worked so hard to try to provide for us, and I respect her work ethic, I respect her strength. And you know, she couldn't be there every field day or PTO cookie bake sale day. And maybe at the time I was a little lonely or sad or jealous of the other kids whose moms could, but I'm okay with it now. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. and, you know, I, um, I think there's also a reality check that, that we all need to realize that um, we, we can't do it all. We can't have it all. Like I, I cannot wake up at 5 a.m., work out, try to keep a perfect body, uh, try to feed our family only organic, non-GMO, whatever. And you know, hit all my goals at work, get enough sleep, see my friends and family enough. Like I'm, I'm not able to do all of those things all at once. Right. I have to pick a couple right. um, and be okay with, you know, fast food every now and then or missing certain engagements. So just, just to every woman and man listening, like you are enough, you're doing good enough. Make sure your child knows that you love them and you're there for them and everything else will fall into place.
1: I love it. Thank you for that. Because, you know, we we all need a word of encouragement and we all need to be reminded that um, we are doing our very best. And the, the tie in in my mind is as a parent, so often we feel helpless. So often we feel like we don't have the answers I've got three kids. I've got a 20 year old son who's in college. I've got an 18 year old daughter who's in college, and I've got a soon to be 16 year old going on 40 who's in high school. Ooh. And you know, I so often feel like it, I'm overwhelmed because they're on all these tech, the the platforms and the new app, and they're they're snapping this and they're using terminology that I don't get. I don't understand. You know, I'm I'm still learning that. Um, you know. Uh, somebody said, "What kind of phone you use?" I said, "I think it's black. I don't know." <laughs> and so, um, <laughs> th- this this issue of feeling helpless as a parent, or feeling like I don't have control. How, in what you're doing, can you help me as a parent come to grips with this overload of information? And how can I, you know, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, help me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, because of those very questions that you just uh, threw out there. Uh, is the reason we started a closed Facebook group called Parenting in the Tech World. It's completely free. You don't have to pay for Bark to be a part of it. Um, You just have to be able to access Facebook and you can search for Parenting in the Tech World as a Facebook group. And there's close to 50,000 parents in there right now that are dealing with this exact same thing. They're asking the questions like, when do I let my child have Snapchat? And my child was caught sexting. What do I do? And uh, my child's being cyberbullied. What do I do? And my child's struggling with pornographic sites. What do I do? I mean, it, uh, you have a question about parenting in a tech world. It has been discussed there and there is a great community there. Um, and we're, we're here for each other. We're here to answer each other's questions. There's both tech savvy and non tech savvy. So it's a great group, uh, a great mix of all types of people from all walks of life. Um, and so that's that's probably the first thing I would suggest to any parent who's dealing with this is go there, go to this community, use the search function, ask the questions you need and know that you can get help. And even if you don't feel like asking it publicly, you know, with your Facebook profile attached to it, you can um, send a message to our moderator, Jody, and she can ask the question anonymously uh, on your behalf. We've had people use that. So there's that. Um, also, as a brand, you know, we, we spend time creating content and investigating all these things for you. For example, you know, TikTok is blowing up. And so we wrote a blog post on what you need to know about TikTok. And so I would recommend everybody, again, even if you don't use Bark to keep your children safer online, check out our blog. Uh, it's just bark.us slash blog. If it's something you need to know about, we have covered it. Uh, we have a very, a very amazing editorial team that is very thoughtful about the information we present to you. Um, and then if your child does have a device that can connect to the internet, uh, if they have a smartphone and iPad, if they use a Chromebook for school, if they have an email address, think about using Bark. Um, it's $9 per family per month. Um, there are coupon codes floating around out there. So quick Google search, save some money. Um, and yeah, it, we will connect to unlimited devices and accounts and then, send you an alert when your child has encountered a problematic issue. Um, One thing I want to point out is that some parents either don't think this will happen to their child or think that they'll know if something is going on with their child. And unfortunately, that's just not the case. And we know that because we now protect close to 4 million children across the nation. um, And our data points suggest otherwise. Um, we've helped escalate 16 credible school shooting threats to the FBI. Um, we have um, caught over 300 online predators and wow. yeah, and we have flagged over 21,000 severe self-harm situations. And again, this is all children. This is children um, that this is happening to. Children from all walks of life. And so um, it's really happening. And uh, it's not always easy to know how to find that sort of thing and protect your child. Uh, and so that's why you need need a monitoring solution like Bark.
1: Let's talk just for a moment about a couple of questions that you or statements you made that brought up questions to me is, as a general rule, and I know each situation and family and child is different, but what guidelines would you say, just based on your own experience and expertise, at about what age should we open up these technology devices and the Internet to our kids? Mm-hmm. And at what age would you say, okay, your child or your college student is old enough now, you know, you got to kind of turn them loose. Any, any thoughts around those bookends?
0: Yeah, so the, the the tech landscape for every family is very different. Um, and so I'd say, first of all, identify what's important to your family value set. Um, and then you've got to do the legwork of figuring out how to protect your child and and talk to your child about these these things. So for my family, um, so we started the conversation around tricky people. And PII, which stands for personally identifiable information, we stressed over and over and over again, do not use your real name. Do not tell your age. Do not tell where you go to school. Do not talk about what sports you play or where you play them. Um, it's just so easy for somebody to stumble upon your identity if you do that, and we're not going to do that. Um, as my son got older, I purchased a book called good pictures, bad pictures. Um, I, I got the book on Amazon and it's a great way to start the conversation surrounding pornography with younger children. Um, it's definitely not something I thought I would need to talk to my nine year old at the time about, uh, but given the fact that, you know, he rode a school bus where other kids had a smartphone that maybe did not have parental controls, uh, he was going to be exposed to it. And so I needed to be able to talk to him about it uh, and what it is and how it can affect your brain and your heart and what people who are in that industry are, are experiencing as well. And sometimes they might not be in it, uh, of their own volition. Uh, yeah. and so, uh, yeah. yeah. once he got old enough, um, for me, for our family dynamic, I did allow him to have a smartphone. Um, and we went over a tech contract. Uh, we have a a parent tech contract available on our Bark blog, but it, you can also just Google, you know, family tech contract and tailor it towards your family dynamic. And some of the things that we went over were that uh, when you're away from home and you're not in school, your phone needs to be off silent because if I call you, you need to pick up, you know, there if you need to download an app, uh, we have to approve it. Um, and we actually use Google family link as the parental control system on his Android phone that will give us permission and him permission to download apps. Um, One thing I love too about Google Family Link is that it allows me to track his location. And so if I want to be able to give him the freedom like I had as a kid to go ride his bike to a friend's house um, without being completely terrified that he would not return home, um, I can open the app and see where his location is. And that's very, very helpful. And then for older, older children, um, you know, when they start to drive or ride with friends who can drive, there's the Life 360 app um, that can not only tell you about their whereabouts, but even report on the speed at which they're traveling. Um, So that was a very long winded answer.
1: That was fantastic. (laughs) And you just kind of added to my anxiety of all these things I need to learn. (laughs) (laughs) i'm an old guy you know and so well and and so i'm thinking okay i'm going to speak on behalf of the parent right now who has maybe that 14 15 16 17 year old and they're thinking okay this is great the toothpaste is out of the tube they've been on their smartphones forever they've probably got all this exposure and it's too late what would you say if that's what they're thinking to themselves right now how would you respond to that
0: yeah so um first of all, completely understand it's very hard once you've let the water out of the dam to get it back in. So it's probably not logical or feasible to think that you can backtrack a whole lot. Um, However, it doesn't mean you shouldn't try. Um, It's never too late to try. Uh, And so I would start with the conversations. Um, You know, see what's happening in the news, bring it up with them. You know, hey, I hear TikTok is like the coolest app. Like, are you on it? Are your friends on it? Can, can we look at it together? Show me like what's fun about it. Show me what's cool about it. Just having those conversations will help you be able to relate to your older children more easily. Um, again, for me, when Fortnite was all the rage, the yeah. last thing I wanted to do was sit down and play it with him, but I needed to know <laughs> what he could encounter on the platform. So I had to sit down and have him explain it to me. And, It was painful, but it was also enlightening and it was a way for us to bond because that was what was important to him. Um, Also, just knowing that mental health is a big issue for our teens and tweens that also has a a large stigma attached to it. Um, Being open to having those conversations with your children about, you know, how does it make you feel like when you're on Instagram and you see that everybody else is at that concert and you're not, does that hurt? It would hurt me if I were you. Uh, if you, you know, have a crush on this boy or girl and all of a sudden they just go dark, they go silent on you. That's going to really hurt. Uh,
1: or you see them in an Instagram photo with someone else, right?
0: Yeah. Just letting them know that you understand the pain that is present in their world, even though you're not directly experiencing it or directly experienced it as a teen, as a good way to to lay that groundwork for future conversations. Um, Also letting them know that you know they're going to make mistakes. They are good kids that make bad choices. Um, And letting them know that you'll be there for them when they do make mistakes, not to judge, not to take away the device necessarily, because that is their lifeline to the world, but to to talk with them through the ramifications of their actions. letting them know that you realize their frontal lobe that makes the decisions is not fully formed until they're in their early twenties. Um, so you don't expect them to be perfect all the time, but you do expect them to come to you and talk to you so that you can help them. Um, that's key. And I know it's easier said than done. And I know the second, you know, my, my son comes home after making a bad choice. <laughs> I might not be so calm. Um, that's what I plan to do, and I, I hope that he yeah. will uh, be open with me um, in that process.
1: That is fantastic. So thank you. What is a question or an issue that you wish more people that you're talking with would ask you about all this? What's something that I've just wished they would bring this up, or I wish that they would take this into account? What 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 would that be?
0: Mm, thank you for asking. Um, I wish parents knew just how prevalent online predators were online. And I don't just mean the really creepy, scary dudes that you hear about in the news, but less um, less egregious ones. And I say that with caution because every instance is pretty egregious, but As a 15-year-old girl, not putting out uh, any sort of subjective content on the internet, let's just say you're a 15-year-old girl, you have a Reddit account and an Instagram account, and it's private. You're only connected with your friends on there. Um, You'd be surprised how many solicitations she might receive um, from men over the age of 18 that know that she is 15 and are sending her inappropriate photos to her other DM, direct message inbox, uh, that are asking her to meet up, uh, that are grooming her, that are trying to uh, gain her attention and her affection. Um, There are a lot of lonely children online, a lot of children that are just looking for love and acceptance, and that's who these predators are targeting. And so I just want parents to know that there is so much more of that going on than you can possibly realize. Um, We've seen it firsthand. And, um, chances are, because it's such an uncomfortable topic, your children are probably not going to come to you about it and let them know that they're engaging in a conversation with this person, um, or that they've received inappropriate images or video or requests for such.
1: It, it is scary. It is very scary. And it's very real as these, you know, I mentioned to you, uh, few, earlier, I, I've got a soon to be 16 year old daughter, right? So what what should i say to her tonight and i'm using obviously it's an it's a general question for all of us but where do we start where do we start
0: well i i would i would say you know and honestly i'm i'm terrified i'm really scared um for you and your friends and 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 girls and boys just like you that maybe don't have parents who are as engaged or as aware and yeah. so first of all i just want you to know that If anything like this ever does come into your life, I'm here for you. I am here for you. I don't want you to ever be too scared to talk to me, worried that I'm going to kick you out of the house, worried that I'm going to judge you. Like, I am here for you. I am your parent. My job is to protect you and love you on this planet. So I am here for you. Uh, Second, I want you to know that, that I care, and I may not understand about the platform, and I may not get what the latest meme is, but, like, you're living in a world that is exponentially harder than any of us had to deal with. You know, if I was bullied on the playground, that was it. Now you're followed. You can be bullied at any time of the day or night. Uh, somebody can take a screenshot of a mistake that you made and share it with the entire school. Yeah. I, I, I just, I feel for you and I have a great deal of empathy for you and I just, I'm just here for you in this process. Um, you know, depending on, you know, I don't know, where your child's interests are, but you know, if she is a performer or an artist or that sort of thing, and she's putting content online and just, I'd have those conversations about making sure she's, she's protected and that people who contact her aren't doing so for nefarious purposes. Um, if, if she may or may not have some issues with depression or anxiety, uh, having those conversations around your mental health and how just being on a screen too much can impact you. Uh, that, that hit of dopamine and serotonin that you get from likes and followers is not necessarily the best way to get dopamine and serotonin. And so making sure that you're disconnecting uh, as a family and then connecting with people in real life is also key.
1: Oh, uh, That's, that's fantastic. Thank you. In the last section, just a couple of questions uh, that I always love to kind of engage with, with our guests here at bottom life faith is kind of like I call advice and insight. So, If you had a chance to go back and sit across the table from the 20 year old version of you, what advice would today's Titania give the 20 year old Titania?
0: Oh my God.
1: Isn't that a fun one? Huh? Isn't that a fun one?
0: Gosh. Well, it's funny that you said 20 because at 20, I was making a lot of bad choices, (laughs) sir. (laughs) So.
1: Okay, 21. Whatever uh, is the best age for you to answer this. Well, I'll give you grace.
0: 20 is good. That's when I needed 39-year-old me. Um okay. yeah, so I would say uh get back in school. Um <laughs> go to class every day. Uh, oh.
1: Stop, We're learning a lot here, aren't yep, we? Yep.
0: <laughs> uh, stop doing drugs. Stop Mm-mm. drinking alcohol as much as you are. Um Call your mother back, uh, start going back to church. Um, be a good older sister to your sister who is in high school and needs you as a role model. Um, don't place all of your value in your boyfriend at the time who does not have your best interests in mind and is not worth worthy of your time. Uh, Know that you have an innate gift uh, and talents to offer this planet and pour into them. Use this time that you have, use this health that you have use your youth to take advantage of every single opportunity that you can um, because the world is your oyster and you really can do anything. You can do anything. Uh, The doors will open. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. So get out of your funk Wake up. Life is short.
1: That's a message. We need to take an offering. That'll preach. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic. And what age, what age did some of that start coming around for you?
0: Um, I'd say around 22, 23.
1: Uh, See, that frontal lobe just had to develop. That's all. It really
0: did. It really did. I, yeah, yeah I, just, I thankfully um, took some time off from school and started naming and it was that experience of watching these precious little six month old babies, yeah. and how pure they were and how the, the, the love of life that they had and the love of learning that they had, just watching them, I realized, mm. man, life is so much more than just this college campus and this stupid boyfriend and this these stupid parties. like there's a whole world out there that I need to yeah. get focused on and get my get my acting gear and uh, and start tackling it. Um, so it was a gift to be able to take that time off and get healthier, both in mind and in body, and then go back, finish school with a vengeance and then just kick butt.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, my 18 year old daughter is a freshman and, uh, she's at a secular school. And I, uh, as a, as a Christian father, I had great concerns about what she would be exposed to in those environments. So, uh, maybe you could give me a piece of advice. So she texted me. Actually, it was yesterday. And she says, dad, uh, and she gave me a screen capture of this thing. And she she says, here's what I want to do on spring break. Now, she's a freshman in college. So think back to, you know, your freshman, you know, she says, I want to go on a missions trip to Nicaragua. What do you think I should tell her? Oh, my gosh. Uh, (laughs) And then she asked me today if I'd go with her.
0: (laughs) So, yes, uh, get your vaccines. Yes, I'm coming with you. Because do you know what I was doing spring break, freshman year of college? (laughs) Do I want to know? (laughs) I was in Panama City Beach, and I'll leave it at that. So, yeah. 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 Okay. (laughs) Okay. You say yes, and you go with her.
1: That's what I needed to see. God had this whole conversation arranged for both of us today. So, (laughs) well, Tatani, I am so grateful for the conversation today and for those who you know listen to our program regularly they know there's one question i ask every single guest and i would be remiss if i didn't ask this of you as my last question it's what i call my 423 question it's based out of proverbs 423 where solomon writes above all else guard your heart for it determines the course of your life so I'd like you to fill in the blank as your last kind of piece of advice for our audience today, Tanya. What would you say to our listeners above all else?
0: I mean, it's hard to top the guard your heart line. I mean, that's I mean, <laughs> can't beat that.
1: Solomon right? was the wisest guy ever, okay, right? Yeah, so. I was saying,
0: so, but if I had to have a close second, above all else, have ongoing dialogue with your children. About the tough, awkward, uncomfortable issues, because it's in the long-term journey that they will know uh, that you can be a place to talk to them about that sort of thing. Yes. You can't just throw it out there once and be like, "Hey, do you know what sexting is?" Cool. Okay. Well, we had this talk. At the end. It's it's a, mm-hmm. it's a long-term thing. It starts when they're when they're young and all the way up through adulthood. I mean. One of my favorite pastors, Andy Stanley, and his wife uh, talk about how later is longer. So like zero through 20, you're not their friend. You're their parent. But hopefully 20 through forever, you can be their friend based on what you've done in zero through 20. So
1: don't
0: be afraid to have these tough conversations and remember that later is longer.
1: That is fantastic. I can't thank you enough for being our guest today. Your son Jackson is a blessed man to have you as mom, uh, our country, this world is blessed that God has called you and gifted you and positioned you to do what you're doing. And I just want to affirm you. And I want to say thank you for not only the conversation today, but all that you're doing to live out God's calling on your life. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate this time and this opportunity.
1: Well, folks, I think you'll agree with me what an amazing conversation and what we've just learned from Titania about parenting in a digital world, uh, that the challenges that we have as leaders at home and in the marketplace, and how important it is to have meaningful conversations with our kids and with those that God's calling us to live. I really believe that if you're like me, you've been challenged and encouraged today. You've got some great information, perhaps some of it new but I want to just encourage you, take the next step. Uh, go to, to uh website that she talked about, bark.us. Uh, join their Facebook page which is called Parenting in a Tech World. It's a it's a private uh, page there on Facebook. Get engaged in the conversation so that together we can protect our kids and help them succeed as God's calling them forward. So until next time, I am your host at Bottom Line Faith, Ray Hilbert, encouraging you to live out your faith every day in the marketplace. God bless, and we'll see you next time. Bottom Line Faith is brought to you by Truth at Work. If you'd like to hear about new episodes or listen to past episodes, visit us online at BottomLineFaith.org. You can also subscribe to the show through Google Play and iTunes. This episode has been sponsored by Connor Insurance, and auto owner's insurance company. Hi, this is Abby at Connor Insurance. There have been record amounts of rain all across the country this year. Most damage occurs when water backs up in your drains and basement fixtures. If you have a basement, you need to check the limit your policy provides for water
0: backup. If you aren't sure how to check, just give me a call or visit us at ConnorINS.com.